Sunglasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I am Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, hey, y'all, we're celebrating the release of my new movie, Lucky, which is coming out Woo-hoo! today. If you're listening to this on March 4th, uh, it is on Shudder. And we're going to talk about, we're celebrating by talking about uh, why we love stressing ourselves out by reading thrillers, because I will say Lucky is a very stressful movie. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading something not stressful. I'm reading, uh, so I have a book that I've been reading over the course of the last couple months because I've read a lot of stressful books. I've read some very um, scary books. And I'm like, I got to read some other stuff to get these books out of my head. So I started reading this book called um, The Unlikely Through Hiker and Appalachian Trail Journey. This book, um, I think I heard about it on the uh, Professional Book Nerds. I don't know. But it is about this guy from New York, a young black man from New York who decides he was very, like, manicured, well put together. Um, uh, He doesn't go a day without manicuring his goatee. That's in the description. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) Oh, wow. So he's okay. not the guy that you would expect to see on the Appalachian Trail. Um, it's weird. I think this book is published by like REI or something. It's not a book I would normally pick <laughs> up. I'm not kidding. Um, it's very like, uh, it's kind of like his journal, but very like, he's the most positive, <laughs> fun person. And it's just like, today. wait, is this in fiction or nonfiction? No, it's nonfiction. He did this. Oh, wow. Okay. He, which is what I like about it. And I. I there's part of me that wants to do a long hike like this at some point. So I think it took him six months. Um, and I'm interested in doing this at some point in my, my life. I don't know if I'll ever get to. So I like this kind of stuff where people go off and do these extreme things. And basically this has like been my, uh, it's, it's, it's a very like breezy sort of read, um, considering what he's doing, but it's also just cool to hear about like, oh, and then you stop here and like what it's like. Cause you like, talk to these random people and you all get like nicknames on the trail. I'm only like maybe 20% of the way through it. It's fun. I read a article in National Geographic recently about people who hike the Appalachian Trail. And that was something they talked about is that everyone gets like a trail nickname. Yeah. Yeah. And right now he's really, um, I wonder what's going to happen to him because right now he's still very like positive and like, he's only met like (laughs) one, one creep on the, on it so far. But I'm like, what's going to happen when this guy can't shower? You're like, like, Oh, you know, he's going to get eaten by a bear soon. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's, so it's the opposite of a thriller. It's the opposite of something scary. Although it is, you know, physically, obviously he's having a lot of physical problems already because it's, fucking hard to do but i'm enjoying it a lot uh what are you reading Molly? what's the opposite of a thriller a soother a yeah i mean it's weird that a book about someone hiking across the country is my soother but i do think that is kind of what it is like it's kind a of an pacifier yeah i mean like it's like <laughs> what it would be called something that is like i know look the guy's writing the book so i know it's gonna end okay <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna get eaten by a bear no if he did, then he came out on the other side somehow. And so that's what what a miracle for him. <laughs> that scene from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Basically. Um, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading what might be my most anticipated book of the entire year. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and oh, I, it is, I, I guess. Wait, can I guess? Yes. Uh, I can't think of the name of her new book. It's Patricia. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
listeners of the show know that I'm completely obsessed with Patricia Lockwood, her book, Priest Daddy. We had to retire because I was recommending it so much. Um, but this is her first novel. It's her her brand new novel. It just came out. It's called No One Is Talking About This. It's very autobiographical, um, but it is the weirdest but also most beautiful thing I've ever read in my life. It's about this woman and, again, very autobiographical. She um, is addicted to the internet. Is She calls it the portal. And it's the first part of the book is all about how being online all the time like affects her brain and affects her relationships with everybody else and affects the way that she thinks about things. And then this tragedy, this like really, and I won't spoil it, but this thing happens with her family and kind of forces her to very radically reevaluate um, her life, how she relates to other people, how she lives her life, whether or not it's worth being online. And it goes from, and like she, re- she, um, references a lot of like real life memes. So if you're on Twitter a lot, there's like a lot of things in this book that will make you laugh. Um, but it goes from being the weirdest novel you've ever read to like the most beautiful and like I'm, I'm almost done with it and it will make you cry. It is so incredible. I was just completely blown away by it. It's very short too. And it's written in this like sort of fragment like style. Um, it's sort of like Jenny Offal's uh, weather that came out last year, but it is, it's just absolutely fucking incredible. I think it's going to be one of my favorite books of the year. So no, no surprise for folks uh, that I'm obsessed with it. So that's no one is talking about this by Patricia Lockwood. And mine is The Unlikely Through Hiker, an Appalachian Trail Journey by Derek Lugo. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Tracy writes in, recently you talked about the book The Secret on your podcast, and it, and it unearthed a memory. When the book came out in t- uh, t- 2006, I was working at a Barnes & Noble. Necessary shout out to any bookstores, but it was a perfect job for college and they treated me very well. The book was a huge hit and was almost constantly sold out. There were rumors flying around constantly about them getting a new shipment on certain days or that the fourth floor of the store had copies behind the desk, etc. If I was working at the help desk that day, no less than five people an hour would ask about it. It was actually so popular that it single-handedly changed the entire financial projection of Barnes & Noble that year. Thanks for the great podcast. I love thinking of reading as a culture. Wait, I just have to say, if if the book is about you know, knowing, manifesting what is going to be happening, you would think that the people ordering the book would be able to manifest <laughs> that the book arrives on time and there's plenty of them. Maybe that's Maybe they why didn't read the book. Copies. They didn't read the book. Yeah, they had to read it first and then they could manifest things. That's why it's so powerful. I listen, I I, I also worked at a I worked at, you know, a public library for uh many years when I was younger and um the there were certain books that also would would we couldn't keep at the library because people would just come get them like the day they released and it was Harry Potter books and uh, anything in the Oprah book club. They were like we'd have to order like twenty five copies and they'd all be gone. So wow. it's very funny. Well, at least people are reading. Uh, Dana writes <laughs> in with a hot bookmark tip. That's new for us. That's a new thing. We a need a new sound for this. <laughs> a new a new signal. A new alarm. Well, well. <laughs> like a I don't know like a saxophone or like some kind of I don't know what <laughs> I don't know. okay insert saxophone noise here <laughs> a slide uh, whistle like I don't, I don't know 
I know you talked to a lot about bookmarks already. We have, but listen, there's always room for more. Uh, but I don't and think- And we have another, we we have such a ridiculous bookmark episode coming up that I'm not going to spoil for folks, but it is a doozy. <laughs> but I don't think that I've heard my personal favorite come up. I almost always use a post-it note as a bookmark. This lets me mark exactly where I am on the page where on the page where I stopped reading. Uh, so, for example, if I get interrupted in the middle of a long paragraph, I don't lose my place. They stick to the page gently, so I don't worry about them either falling out or damaging a book. Also, I'm never oh. sad about losing my bookmark if I forget to take it out of a library book, and they're never in short supply if I'm reading multiple books. Great one. This is a hot Post bookmark it. tip. Post-it note. Love it. Wow. Into this. This is, yeah, we're going to have to come up with, because we get so many hot bookmark tips now that we're going to have to come up with a new noise. We really do. Uh, so Trina writes in with two wheelhouses. Trina's fiction wheelhouse is wow. gender disguise, historical fiction and historical fantasy, stories with strong sister relationships, magical societies that exist next to but separate from real societies, smart cats, friendly dragons, and continuations or modern retellings of fairy tales. And the nonfiction wheelhouse is feminism, as long as it's intersectional, the history and mythology of ancient Egypt, Greece, and Rome, astronomy, octopuses, and corvids. Not covids, corvids. So that's ravens. Oh, that's ravens. Wow. A whole book about ravens. And is octopuses, is the reason it's not octopi is if it's more than one type of octopus, that it's octopuses? No fucking idea. And octopi is You would think type. as a person who went to went to college for animal science and is a professional nonfiction writer would know that answer. And I feel like but you have at least one octopus tattooed on your body. I don't actually. Wow. Guess we know but what you're doing. There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. So quick bookmark. Uh, we have our 200th episode coming up, which Ooh. is bonkers. Can you, be- Brad, can you believe we've been doing the show for almost four fucking years? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an entire presidential term. <laughs> oh, God. We've been doing reading glasses. Yeah. That is bonkers mm-hmm. to me wow 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 so to celebrate we're uh, and just a belated celebration of over a thousand reviews on itunes we're going to do a special ama episode that's ask us anything anything unless it's really weird but even then we might answer you can ask the weird questions and we'll filter them out yeah <laughs> <laughs> You remember when we kept doing, for a while, we were doing live events and the, that, that guy kept coming into the room and asking if he would put on my glasses? Yeah, that was a real, he really wanted to see me in Mallory's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, maybe don't ask ask stuff like that. But you can ask us anything else any about books that we like, books we don't like, our own reading habits, our personal lives, our writing lives. Anything you want to ask us, we will answer. It's going to be a big special 200th, 200th episode celebration. We're really excited. We can't believe we've been doing this show. I can't believe we've been doing this show for four years. We're so lucky to be able to keep doing it. We have the best fucking listeners. I know I'm obviously biased, but we have such a great community. Um... So you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Um, anything you want us, want us to answer. So before we talk about thrillers, we're going to take a quick break. Maximum Fun is a network by and for cool, popular people. But did you know it also has an offering designed to appeal to nerds? A show for nerds? On Maximum Fun? The devil, you say. It's true. It's called The Greatest Generation, and they review episodes of a television program 
for nerds called Star Trek. They've reviewed TNG, DS9, and are now reviewing Voyager. Hey, Star Trek. My daughter enjoys that program. Well, if she enjoys that, and she enjoys humor of the flatulent variety, might I recommend she subscribe to The Greatest Generation? Hey, are you calling my kid a nerd? Why, I oughta... Well, gotta go! Become a friend of DeSoto by subscribing to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org today! This week, Bria's new movie, Lucky, starts streaming. We are, I am very excited. It's, I, this is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And so to celebrate, we're going to be talking about thrillers and recommending some that we love and uh, discussing why we like stressing ourselves out with uh, mysteries in a hurry. So Bria, what is Lucky about? Well, first of all, just you know, it's on Shudder, um, which is a horror streaming service. And if you don't have Shudder, um, I, you know what? Between now and uh, when when it comes out, uh, when we're recording this and when it comes out, which is uh, pretty soon, uh, I will get, I'll see if I can get a special code for Reading Glasses people to get Shutter for free for a month so you can watch it. Hi, it's Bria. I recorded this to insert in here. Um, you can get Shutter for free for 30 days. It's normally seven. Um, you can do it for 30 days now with the promo code LUCKY. Uh, and so, yeah, you can go watch the movie for free if you want. It's LUCKY maybe in all caps, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, so first, um, Mallory, um, thank you for letting me do this episode. I just want to, I mean, I'm you say not letting me letting well, you as if this is also not well, your podcast. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, I, I think that we talk a lot about indie books and we talk about indie presses and things like that. But I think movies are so similar in that way where it's hard to release uh, an indie movie because we don't have the publicity machine that other places do. So something like this podcast or uh, word of mouth or other people's podcasts and things like that, they're just, it's so helpful because we don't have, there's no publicist going like put Bria on a late night talk show or whatever the thing is that gets the word out. It's only things like this that get the word out for the movie. And there's so many movies released every single week. So, um, yeah, so it's just it's awesome that I can talk about it and I have this platform. And thank you for everyone listening who don't like horror movies, but are always like very supportive anyway, which is super nice of y'all. Um, <laughs> the glassers are always amazing. Yeah. So um, the movie is about um, a self-help book author relevant to reading glasses, um, uh, to, who's being stalked by a man who returns to her home every night. And basically the entire world not only thinks this is normal, they think it's also not a big deal. So basically we took the idea of a slasher and made it really surreal. The movie's very scary. I wrote it and I'm in it and it's directed by Natasha Cremani. I am so, so excited about this. And uh, you, this is your chance, folks, to see Bria playing a self-help author. Yes. I cannot wait. Uh, all right. So we've talked on the show before about what the difference is between mysteries, thriller, and horror books. So thrillers, they're not trying to scare you, horrify you. They're what, there is, what they are are a mystery in a hurry with higher stakes. It's basically a stressed out mystery. Mm-hmm. Thriller is a mystery with whose hair's all frazzled, maybe is holding a cup of coffee, hasn't slept very well. Um, but why, as readers, why do we like stressing ourselves out with thriller books? I mean, I think for me, it keep the major thing is they keep me engaged. Um, I love reading, obviously, do this podcast. But, uh, 
I hate reading. That's Shocking news from Bria. Uh, no, I love reading. And if the book, but if a book doesn't grab me in some way, I am pretty quick to put it down because there's too many books in this world. There's too many books. And I feel that way about, I think thrillers and horror are, are great because I am stressed and I have to make sure the main character is okay. So I kind of like stick around. I get so personally invested in these books you do. <laughs> uh, that I will be like, I got to see what happens to these characters. And I will say that's not only thrillers like shout out to other books that do this where you get really invested in the main characters and you're like i have to make sure this usually woman or young girl makes it to the end but sometimes somebody else um i was gonna shout out to the book uh the girl with the louding voice that you and i both read because i think i texted so good huh did you you right i said so good i remember i remember you texting me and be like she's gonna be okay yeah i was so stressed out because i was like is this what is gonna happen to this girl i'm very concerned for her and it's not a thriller but it is Something that keeps me engaged. So I think, but the thrill, the thriller thing is that it keeps me engaged. Uh, what about you? Why do you think people love reading thrillers or why do you love reading thrillers? Uh, honestly, I love nothing better than not thinking about anything else but a book. That is complete fucking nirvana for me. So, you know, I've talked on the show so much about the fact that I have an anxiety disorder and my brain is always trying to think about 15 different things at the same time. So it's very weirdly calming to jump into a thriller book and not be thinking. Even when it's like, oh God, this young mother is trying to save her baby from an evil crocodile. At least I'm only thinking about the evil crocodile and not like my taxes and book deadlines and whether or not when's the next time I need to vacuum. Like it is so soothing to me. So they're, they're what I also like about them is thrillers are really great for getting you out of a book slump, mm-hmm. at least for me, because the good ones hook you in from go. So they can be perfect when you need for, they can be perfect for when you need something to make you really want to read. If you're just having a hard time. Um, I, I did that recently. I wasn't, I'm trying to finish the next draft of girly drinks and I'm just, my brain feels like an oversaturated sponge and I was having a really hard time reading and uh, picking up a thriller is such a great way to just like shake you out of that and really suck you in. Um, So Bria, what are some thrillers that you love? Uh, Maybe ones that are similar to Lucky or that you think your character in the movie would like? Okay. So I don't think I have that much in common with my character in the movie. Um, uh, I think we're very different people. And the whole thing, the movie is a satire. So um, I'm not trying to judge people who write self-help books, but her character is one that I, I'm not judgmental of, but I think she just lives, believes very different things for me. Uh, the character of May, um, she kind of believes the opposite of everything I believe in, um, which is she thinks you should try to do everything alone. She literally wrote a book called Go It Alone. It's all about trying to do things on your own and pulling yourself up by the boots, your bootstraps, and you don't need anybody else. And uh, I personally couldn't get through an hour of my day without the community that I have around me. So I completely, I kind of wrote this character as a bit of a satire. Um, uh, But I think... I think May and I would have some crossover. I did reach out to Natasha to say, what do you think May would read? Because, um, and we we thought that would be, she. I, we do not think she would read any thrillers. We do think she would probably love Lean In. Honestly, I loved, <laughs> I loved Lean In, so fine. She also said maybe she would like um, Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> not a book I enjoy, uh, but I think that gives you an idea of who this character is. Um But I think another crossover we would have that is a thriller that I read recently, per your suggestion, was uh, The Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan. Oh, my God. I didn't know you read it. 
I just read it. I did read it. It's kind of a mystery thriller, and it's about a writer. So I think she and I would both like that because May is quite bookish. Um, and it's a and she's a writer in the middle of nowhere, and uh, the, she goes to this house, and there's this big red tree, and then there's all these surreal. It actually is like very similar to Lucky in some ways because it is very surreal, it's, and um, all her writing is very weird, and yeah, bizarre. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I thought it was really good, but that's the book I think. That uh, both May and I would maybe suggest to people. Um, that would be our crossover. Uh, what about you? Give, give us a give us a thriller rec. What's your first thr- thriller recommendation? Uh, I actually want to shout out one I mentioned on the show recently that I was reading, and I finished it immediately after. It was Sarah Gailey's brand new The Echo Wife. So good. Um, oh, it's so fucking good. So it's a domestic sci-fi thriller. Um, so it's it's sci-fi, but it's very much like. You know, it's domestic. It's about a woman and her husband. She's a scientist or her husband steals her cloning technology and makes a clone of her and then leaves her for the clone. Um, and it is so, so fucking good. It's wicked intense. And it's exactly what you want in a thriller. You cannot put the fucking thing down. Mm-hmm. I ended up reading it really quickly because I kept like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to read a chapter and then I'll like, go oh, do this other thing that I need to do. And I'm like, oh, no, like, like I kept getting to the point where. I thought I could put it down and then like another big intense thing would happen. I'd be like, God damn it. I got to read another 50 pages. Uh, it's just absolutely fucking incredible. And it's, that's what, for me, that is the essence of why I love a thriller is just not being able to put it down. Yeah. And I uh, love, I mean, you- I also loved that book and I love that it's a sci-fi thriller. That makes it very, very awesome. I saw it on your list and was like, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so what is your next pick? Um, well, so Ruth Ware is an awesome thriller writer, uh, thrillery mystery writer. And I think I've talked about this book on the show before, but uh, The Woman in Cabin 10 is fantastic. Um, in fact, I think you can choose any book with the word girl or woman in the title, and that's going to be a great, <laughs> so true. great thriller. <laughs> that's a hint. So that's true. how you know it's a thriller. Um, this one is about a journalist, another writer character. We know our our, read, our listeners love writer characters. Uh, it's about a journalist who goes on a small luxury cruise and she thinks she witnesses a woman being thrown overboard. Um, so it's a lot of gla- gaslighting, which is a big theme in Lucky. Shout out to Lucky. I'm just going to keep plugging Lucky. Um, so gaslighting. I mean, the whole, that's the entire point of the episode. So Sure, yes. great. So uh, gaslighting is a big theme <laughs> for us where people are kind of like, this isn't a big deal or maybe you didn't see this. Um, and that happens a lot in uh, The Woman in Cabin 10. Um, and basically... It's a mystery and then a thriller because she starts to have, be, have concerns about her own life. Um, it's awesome. I, I love this book. Um, what about you? What's your next one? Um, my next one is actually a book I'm currently reading, which is a recommendation, an author that you recommended to me. Um, it's The Cutting, Cutting Season by Attica Locke. Um, you read Bluebird by her? Yeah, recently? yeah, yeah. Attica Locke has, a, uh, has some um, mysteries set in East Texas, where I'm from, and they're great. They're fantastic, but um, I, I, I haven't read this one. I didn't know that she also had thrillers. Oh, uh, this one, it's so, so good. So I, if you're into thrillers, this is an author that you absolutely must get into. The book is amazing. Um, so it's, it's, not, doesn't, it's not set in Texas. It's about a murder on a plantation in the South that has turned into a tourist attraction. Hmm. Uh, and the general manager there, um, there, there, a murder happens on the plantation. Um, and the general manager there tries to solve it. And when she is working, like trying to figure out what, what happened here, she uncovers that the murder is actually connected to a much older murder that also happened on the plantation. Um, and I realize I think that's something that I love in a mystery or a thriller is like when a crime turns out to be connected to an older mystery. Mm. 
I, oh, please, yes, murder <laughs> that is connected to another wider network of other murders. I just love, like, because that when that happens, it goes, for, it like, explodes the book for me. I'm immediately like, I need to know everything that happened. I cannot put this book down. Um, this is your, like, researcher brain, your researcher brain kicking oh, in. Oh, a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. Like, all all the lights go off in my brain, and I have to know everything that's happening. Uh, so it's, it's so, so good. Um, what is your last pick? My last pick is a book I talked about a few years ago, but I don't feel like I, I didn't get to talk about it enough. Um, it's called The Perfect Nanny by Leila Slimani, um, translated by Sam Taylor. I think I'm saying that name wrong. It's French. So someone who's French, please tell me how to say it properly. But um, it hits all those great thriller notes. It's a new nanny who's nice. She's sweet. And oh my God, what the fuck is happening here? Too sweet. Getting too involved with the family. Things are going crazy. Basically, when I started oh. it, I was like, these are too stressful for yeah. me. Have I seen this Lifetime movie? That's what you kind of feel like, but in the best way possible. You know, <laughs> like it's it's such a, it's because in a Lifetime movie, you're like, something devious is going to happen. That's what you're there for, which I feel like this is that book where I'm like, the perfect nanny does not exist. And that's the name of the, <laughs> that's the name of the book. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And, and you know me, any, any book about someone who's like too familiar. Mm. Ugh, no boundaries. Mallory's biggest the biggest thrill for Mallory is no boundaries oh too it's too too intense for me it's like cult books I'm just like can't can't handle it too much um what's your last pick uh my last pick is a recent release I think it came out last fall um it's Red Hands by Christopher Golden a friend of the show um this book is so fucking intense uh and Chris wrote this before the pandemic uh but it is about a weird disease uh, that spreads by touch (laughs) and it makes you very violent uh and like it it's completely wreaks chaos on this small New England town and like there's like a little uh, the story opens this like parade it's like oh it's a small town it's like their fourth of july parade or something and a car crashes into the middle of all of it and this guy staggers out of the car and he is like his hands are red and like immediately just the disease starts spreading to other people and it's like when it when you get touched all of a sudden like you start to change and, and you just become really violent and it is so intense and it's one of those thrillers that like you get the story from multiple POVs of all the different people in the town, like the police officer or like uh, the family member of one of the people who got touched. And like also the person who got touched, who's struggling with trying to like keep their humanity. And it's just so compelling. I loved it so much. It's so hard to put down. It's just like, it's a great combination of great characters that you really like. There are all these people in the book that you're really rooting for, but at the same time, like a really, really compelling plot. And those two things combined just make a thriller that you can't put down, I think. I think that's like the secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. But, that ugh. sounds so scary. We've conquered what the thriller is. You can, it's something with the word girl or woman or <laughs> something you can't put down. <laughs> yes. If, if it makes you stressed out, it's probably a thriller. <laughs> you can, so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a reader problem, we're going to take a quick break. So, Bria, you know I have a problem with sleeping. I do know that about you, yes. I'm not a great sleeper. Um, but how would you like to sleep asleep so deep you snooze through all of your alarms? Ooh, that sounds amazing. If that sounds like something that you need and you know it's something that I need because I'm terrible at sleeping, then coma inducer comforters are for you and me. And what makes these comforters so special is that, Bria, they're freaking huge. They're so okay? big. We both got them and we're shocked. 
Yes, the queen is king size. The king is way oversized, emperor sized, empress sized. And what's amazing about these comforters, what my favorite part about them is that they're cozy and plush. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can take Sailor and Lulo's word for it. Because as soon as we got these comforters, Mia and Bria each got these comforters and we opened them up and they've changed our cat's lives. The cat? Completely. Uh, my cat only sleeps on this comforter now, loves this comforter. And I will say, I've had the greatest nights of sleep since getting this comforter than I've had in a really long time. I love this comforter. It is so soft and uh, in the way that like, you're like, oh wow, it's like I'm just going to sleep on a, on a, on a cloud of exhaustion. <laughs> it's so <laughs> lovely. It's like being, it's like if a teddy bear, a giant teddy bear gave you a hug or a big kangaroo put you in its pouch and you went to sleep or a koala bear carried you off to dreamland I'm running out of fuzzy animals. Uh, those were all great. And comb-inducer comforters are made with this co cozy plush bedding materials that make getting out of bed virtually impossible. And again, don't take our word for it. Take our cats. Who, I mean, Sailor and Lula are particularly picky about what they like to sleep on. And you know that something is good when they won't get off of it. And some, sometimes we come in, in the bedroom in the morning and the cats are still in bed. Mm -hmm. They won't get out of bed. <laughs> So if you want to enjoy incredible sleep, you can visit comainducer.com slash glasses to receive free shipping on any order. So once again, that's coma, C-O-M-A, inducer, I-N-D-U-C-E-R.com slash glasses to receive free shipping on any order. Glasses. glasses. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Guilherme writes in, I'm a 22-year-old Brazilian, and while I've always loved to read, I've never thought I read enough to be included in the book community until I found your podcast. You really helped me see that I'm already in it by simply loving books. It's awesome to know book people that are not from the Snoop Police. Haha. -ha. We are here for you. <laughs> uh, we love, I, I love when we get emails like this because we all know that everyone belongs in the book community. Uh so I know you help people with their book problems, so I'd like to ask you for some advice. When you are counting how many books you've read, how do you count compilations? I mean like Narnia that has separate books, uh, that has the separate books form or the single volume form like an omnibus. If you read them all in one collection, do you count it as one book because it's physically only one or do you count all the books inside it because they were also published individually? Although it is still in development, I believe my wheelhouse is something like dystopian cross lovers, simple poems, positive nihilism, and funny storytelling slash fourth wall breaking by writers like Lemony Snicket. What should this listener do? 
Okay, first of all, I love positive nihilism. What the F is that? What is positive nihilism? I I also love this. I think uh, that's positive like, nihilism is like, oh, whenever we're all going to die, but we're all happy about it. I got it. We're I got all it. fine with that. I also love writers that break the fourth wall, and I love simple po- poems. Um, I love that. Um, I... Don't, you know, I, we're about to have, next week's episode, we're actually covering, like, whether or not we keep up with how many books we read, et cetera. And I actually don't keep count of the books I read, so it's not as relevant. And I think I'm a little bit lazy, and I'd probably go to Goodreads and be like, the omnibus, because I don't have the energy to go through and search each individual title. But um, I think if you're, like, trying to count towards a goal, and you're like, I want to read 30 books this year or whatever— I think that you're definitely, certainly allowed to count them uh, as they were originally intended. And I think, Mallory, you have to tell me, but something like Narnia, that was originally intended to be separate books. Is that what, is that what that means? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I, I mean, I have, we have a bunch, because it's me and Jeremy, Jer- we have so many different versions of Lord of the Rings in this house. But like my original version of the Lord of the Rings trilogy that my grandfather got me when I was 10 is like a omnibus. It's one it's book. all three Lord of the Rings. How big is that? Is it, you have to roll it's it in? How big is it? It is a fucking honker, especially because I was reading it when I was 10 years old. I was like lugging this thing around. But um, there are many, you know, obviously the books are also sold individually. Yeah, I think, look, if you're trying to reach a goal or something, definitely count them individually. But if you're lazy like me, I would just throw it up there as one because I'd be like, ugh, I'm not going to go look up. Like, especially I'm thinking of omnibuses of comics, which is like, if you're talking like oh, that's yeah. like, you know, eight different volumes or something. I actually don't know how many are omnibuses, but it's a lot. It's at least that. It's it's quite a few um, in some of them. And so I would probably just be like, I read the compendium whatever version of this uh, because I don't it does sound deal. very fancy when you say you read the compendium I don't even know if that's the right word I think that's the right word uh but it sounds like what a wizard reads yeah <laughs> opening my compendium of spells um yeah so I I Basically. mean I think look this is really up to you but since you but because Gail Herme Gail Herme um wanted to talk about whether how many to count them for I assume this is a person who is interested in counting for many so count them individually do, do you do you though? What, what do you think? Oh, I totally agree. Um, unless you want to count them as one, I think we we've answered a form of this question a while ago, but I think it's good to do a refresher, especially with this uh, next week's episode that we have coming out. Um, and I, I think follow your heart on this. Like me personally, I count them as individual books because, uh, like the listener said, this is the way that they're published and the way and they're each their own like self-contained book. You know, yeah. they're 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 separate books. But if you want to feel like a wizard and say that you read the compendium, <laughs> like, go for it. It really it's really you know you choose your own adventure here. Like, but I me personally, I I like to count them individually, um, just because they're their own separate thing. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Morgan. Hi, Mallory and Bria. My best friend is moving to L.A. in a few weeks and leaving me behind in the Midwest. Her and I both love books about amazing female friendship. Do either of you know any books where there are long-distance friends? Maybe this will help us process the huge change in our lives. So I got really excited about this one because, Bria, you and I both have best friends that live very far away from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that's very relevant to our lives. My best friend Lauren lives in Brooklyn. And by now, Lauren and I have been long-distance best friends for way longer than we haven't. Like I lived in Brooklyn for almost two years um, and I lived in L.A. for, f- oh, my God, five, five years. Um, 
So this is something I know I, I, I know intimately and luckily enough, like Lauren and I just, we never, we didn't skip a beat. We stayed best friends. And I, I know that you, uh, same thing for you and your best friends that are still in Texas. Um, so I think Morgan should read uh, big friendship by past guests of the show. Uh, Aminatu So and Anne Friedman, uh, it's a nonfiction book. It's not a novel, uh, but it's about their own best friendship and long distance and the power of friendship in general and how, um, just like a great nonfiction dive into, why female friendship is important why best like best friendship is important and should be more valued uh also another nonfiction book that's great is text me when you get home uh about female friendship specifically and lauren and i read that one together uh every once in a while lauren and i will read nonfiction books together which is really really fun um one of the right i mean now lauren and i mostly like our our way like quote unquote hang out with each other from far away especially because we can't see each other like we normally would do once or twice a year is play world of warcraft but (laughs) before (laughs) we would also uh read books together which is really fun um bria what do you think morgan should read yeah look this is a traumatic thing this is very tough to do i will say moving away from my friends i mean i've lived away from my friends now for a really long time but moving away from my friends was the hardest thing i i mean i knew i had to move to la to pursue my career uh and live the life i wanted to be living but it was very hard although i am still i have a very solid group of friends that uh, live all across america now um and we all still keep in touch and talk um Okay, there's a book I haven't read that I'm going to recommend because <laughs> <laughs> when I read it, when I read the what it was about, I added it to my list. And every time I see it on there, I thought this is going to make me too emotional. I will not be able to read it because it will make me remind me of my friends and it'll make me really sad. I don't know. But it's called um, My Glory Was I Had Such Friends by Amy Silverstein. Did you read this? No, but I, I, I was like very much aware of it when it came mm-hmm. out and I didn't read it for the same reason. Cause I was like, this is just going to make me cry my eyes out. Okay. Well, Morgan has to read this and tell us how it is. And please come, we will. Ha- Morgan, listen, ba- be braver than this, us, please. If you read this, please call, we will call you and do a short interview with what this book is. Cause it's about Amy Silverstein. It's her memoir about a woman who had a heart transplant twice and her friends basically came to her side, like traveled. They also didn't live in the same place. Some of them were with her or some of them weren't, um, I want to know how this is. Another book I started thinking that might be cool to read for this um, is um, The Future of Another Timeline. The Future of Another Timeline by Annalie Newitz. Um, Because it has friendship, but also it's like being friends with yourself. But it's not only long distance, it's long time distance. What would you call that? Oh. It's like time travel and helping yourself. And it's about friend groups and... uh, your friends being good for you and helping out people. And I don't know. It's, it is like a really like good, I think, positive female um, uh, friendship and like self-loving sort of book that's set in a science fictional universe. Um, I think we it, it was last year that we did an episode on friendship books, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. We, yeah, I think we did an episode on on friendships, and I think we talked about some books with female friendship, like uh, Undead Girl Gang, mm-hmm. um, We Ride Upon Sticks. I, I, I know in the Reading Glasses Slack channel, there are a lot of folks who um, really resonated when we had Mike Chen on the show recently talking about how important friendship is and how, you know, it's something that a lot of, you know, I, I think Mike put it that there's so many, um, so much media that is like sort of funneled towards romance and like look friendship is looked at as like a second tier kind of relationship Mm -hmm. um we know that that's not true um i i remember 
I recently watched that movie Promising Young Woman, which is a very hard movie to watch, but it's amazing. But it's all about the power of female friendship. And I got really emotional watching it, uh, not because of all the violence in the movie, but because I was like, if some, somebody ever hurt Lauren, mm-hmm. this is exactly what would happen. This is exactly what I would become. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, I mean, like we said with this, you know, my, my glory was that I had such friends. It's hard to read because those, you know, it's really emotional and really, really important. But Morgan, I will say from both Bria and I, you will be able to keep your, your best friendship. You will be able to keep your friendship. It might turn into something else. It might evolve. It might change a little bit. Um, but don't worry. When you have a friend like that, they're going to be your friend forever. Uh, so you can send your recommendation request to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and uh, Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to look sexy and show off of your, your love of reading, you can buy Reading Glasses shirts and tote bags and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's free. It's amazing for us. It makes us look so fancy. It attracts more listeners. It attracts more advertisers. It attracts all the things that we want to attract. Um, (laughs) It's like the secret. (laughs) It really is. But for podcasts. Uh, You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And thanks for listening. And thanks Thanks for reading.